Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. So glad to be with you online tonight to celebrate not just my favorite night of the year, but to celebrate the birth of Jesus the Messiah, the hope of the world. And thanks for choosing to celebrate that with us tonight. Whether you did so in the parking lot outside where your response is, we've been telling you, literally blew us away. Some of you know we had to double the amount of our outdoor planned services. Outdoors, in the cold, during a pandemic, what a church. Or maybe you're joining us online tonight from your home. So glad to share with each of you this very special night in my favorite church gathering of the year. And before I go on, I have to say thanks to the wonderful, incredible, talented, and wholly dedicated staff and volunteers at this church. Every week, guys, your desire to serve God with excellence, it inspires me. But, but how you sacrifice and give every Christmas to bring the good news of great joy to our community, your creativity and imagination in retelling the greatest story ever told, well, guys, I hope you hear me this Christmas Eve. It matters. It matters every Christmas, but maybe this Christmas more than ever before. So let's get at it. If you've been journeying with us over these last few weeks, you know we as a church have been trying to... to undermine what the world has been saying on the street, what you've been hearing a lot of, of, this is gonna be the worst Christmas ever. And thus, tonight we've been paying a little homage to the Grinch, as the events of 2020 have even, well, as he said earlier, even caused his heart to grow three sizes this year. My point, and my own personal journey over these weeks has led me to conclude that indeed, this is not the worst Christmas ever. In fact, This Christmas is actually the most authentic Christmas ever. The events, the time that you and I are living in right now makes this Christmas the most similar one to that very first Christmas that we're likely to see in our lifetime. And so tonight, look, we can either put some more Baileys in the eggnog and wish this one away and hope for a better one next year, or or we can treasure, ponder, and behold this Christmas. Christmas like no Christmas before. Here's what we've discovered these last few weeks together. This Christmas, like that first Christmas, well, it seemingly comes at the wrong time. I mean, who wants a Christmas in a pandemic? This is not the time for holiday cheer. I know personally there have been days, and some of them have been really painfully disappointing days over these last nine months, where maybe like you, I've been ticked that God has allowed this whole thing to happen. My family, just like your family, we've lost out on things this year, opportunities and and moments that were taken away from us, graduations, weddings, accomplishments, things that we had spent years waiting for, preparing for, training for, practicing for, hoping for, and then suddenly they were gone, never to return, never to be. The truth is, others of you have suffered losses of much greater significance, people, loved ones, Maybe you, like me, have wondered this year, why? Why now, God? Why, why this year? You're timing it. It stinks. Which, if you were with us, you know that was what the prevailing wisdom was that very first Christmas night. That God's timing was off. That, that God had forgotten. As we discovered that familiar scene of Joseph, Mary, Wiseman, shepherds gathered around a baby in a manger, That was not a random standalone event in time. That scene, that first Christmas night, that manger scene is actually the ultimate fulfillment of an incredible promise. 
that was laid before the foundations of the earth and it was spoken right at the dawn of creation. It was, if you were with us, you know it was first revealed to an old man named Abram. The promise was this, that God was going to make out of Abram's family a great nation and that that nation ultimately, in the midst of a broken and hurting world, would be a blessing to the whole world. This promise, it, it was foreshadowed by, by those who would follow after Abram, uh, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. That promise, though, was seemingly squashed for, for centuries as, as that family, which would become known as Israel, that did become a nation. Well, that nation, Israel, for centuries, turns out it was in no position to bless anyone. Heck, they couldn't even bless themselves. Towards the end, their story was nothing but a story of being ransacked and ruled by king after king and empire after empire. First the Assyrians, then the Babylonians, the Greeks, the Romans. That first Christmas night, as once again Israel lay captive under the boot of its latest oppressor, God's promise given long ago to send that deliverer, to send to, to Israel a savior, God's promise to bless his people who would bless the entire world. That first Christmas night, well, it seemed more distant. Heck, it seemed to be more dead than it ever had. 2,000 years had gone by since that promise had made to, been made to Abram. And Israel's past, maybe like your year this year, well, it seemed more stained with tears than with triumphs. Guys, that first Christmas night, like this Christmas night, the timing was all wrong. It seemed that God had missed it, the opportunity. He either forgot his promise or, or maybe he was just too feeble to fulfill it. At least that's sure what it seemed like. And then, well, as the scriptures say, when the set time had fully come, right when most had given up, in the darkest of hours, God sent the angel Gabriel to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Luke tells us that Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll conceive and you'll give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. He'll be great. And he'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And then that promise again, his kingdom will never end. That first Christmas, just when it seemed that God had forgotten them, God, when the timing was all wrong, that's when God showed up. Right in the middle of the worst moment. It wasn't just the timing of that first Christmas though. How about the circumstances, right? Just like this Christmas, that first Christmas, they were all wrong. I mean, you think a pandemic is wiping out your Christmas plans. Mary's a teenage girl betrothed, promised to a, a very religious and righteous man of the law who had an upstanding reputation. That first Christmas, at least according to the Torah, the requirements were quite, quite clear given the situation. Mary deserved a minimum a public shaming, if not a, a public stoning. And, and Joseph, well, if Joseph were to do as the angels commanded and take Mary, unwed, pregnant Mary as his wife, well, it was going to cost him not only his reputation, but it would cost him his earned identity. This set of circumstances, 
it would have labeled them in town with the Hebrew moniker, Am Haaretz. It was a term that was used for street people, the ignorant, the boorish. People would see them and think of them as scandalous or unclean. That promise made so many centuries ago to Abraham, gosh, God hadn't sent a prophet to Israel for 400 years. It, it had to be hard to believe that God's deafening silence that night was going to be broken in this fashion through these people and those circumstances. Mary had to be asking as she lay giving birth in a stable, is this what highly favored by God looks like? And Joseph, he had to be wondering, is this the reward received for a righteous life? I mean, I, I could go on. That first Christmas, I guess kind of like this Christmas, things seemed all wrong. The timing was wrong. The circumstances were all messed up. How about the gift that first Christmas? Those few in Israel who hadn't given up on, on the promise God made to Abraham, well, they were awaiting a Messiah, all right, but they were awaiting a Messiah with a sword and, and not swaddling clothes, a, a king with a, with a crown and not a crib. Many of us judge our Christmases by the quality of our gifts, and for Israel, that very first Christmas, as they awaited a warrior king like their ancestor Joshua, who tore down the walls of Jericho, this Christmas instead, what they got was, well, what, what they got was what was told to the shepherds, a baby wrapped in some torn up strips of cloth, lying in a food trough. You see, that was the scene that very first Christmas night. Wrong time, wrong circumstances, wrong gift, at least seemingly so. A night, in some ways, not unlike this night, Christmas 2020. I mean, heck, even the weather seems wrong tonight, which is what makes these following words to me so intriguing, and it's why I share them with you this Christmas Eve. Luke tells us that after the shepherds had their encounter with a heavenly host of angels that these shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. <laughs> I never thought about it this way, but think about it. Of course they were amazed. Who wouldn't be amazed at that story given that set of circumstances? Now notice Luke's wording, guys. He doesn't say they believed what the shepherds said to them. He says that all that heard it were amazed by what they shared with him. Imagine hearing this news from shepherds, who because of their low social standing, I'm guessing they would have been considered less than reliable witnesses. Think about the guy on the street. So let me get this right. You guys were out in the field tending sheep. The sky lit up with angels who told you that after 2,000 years, God was keeping his promise to Israel to bless us by making us a blessing to the whole world and by finally sending us someone to save us from Rome. That's what you heard. And then you found an unwed teenage girl giving birth to an Am Haaretz child in a barn. Yeah, I, I bet they were amazed about that story. Of course that was something to be amazed about. They were about as amazed as you are this Christmas, when some crazy local pastor tells you that in this time, at this hour, 2020, after everything that you've been through this year, amidst these difficult and disappointing circumstances, this is in no means the worst Christmas ever. And here's why. Church, let me leave you, you let me close this series up with two words. Luke records them, he writes, but Mary. 
But Mary, guys, make me this promise. Every time you lament this year, every time over the next week when someone tells you how glad they are that 2020 is over, as if 2021 is some magical cure for everything that ails us, every time you hear that in the next week, and you're going to hear it a lot, listen for it. Every time you find yourself frustrated over the next couple of days with the timing of Christmas or the circumstances of Christmas this year, I want you to have a two-word rebuttal for all of the cynics and all of the cynicism, a two-word rebuttal for that little voice in your head which has the power to rot your soul. I want you to fight them all off with two powerful Christmas words, and they're this, but Mary. But Mary. Luke writes, but Mary. But, but Mary what? She complained, she growls, grimaced, she hoped to get back to her normal life as soon as possible. But Mary hoped for a vaccine until she was considered non-essential in her role. No. I, I think that but here indicates that in light of all of the bad timing and circumstances, she decided to go in a different direction, to think and act differently, to do something else that others weren't doing, wishing, expressing, or hoping for. But Mary, you know what she did? It's kind of crazy. But Mary, in spite of all of it, she treasured up all of these things. All these things, she treasured them up, the timing, the circumstances, the gift. Mary, in light of it all, the loss and the cost, Mary treasured up all of these things. All these things so many might reject, she treasures. And why? When we read that word in the English, it has a bit of almost like a creative memories feel to it, like, like an, oh, just look at him, and kind of like old whole movies, nostalgia. Oh, would you look at this scene? How wonderful. It just all worked out the way it was planned. It's perfect. No. That's not what that word means. The word treasured in the Greek in which Matthew was writing here, it actually means to guard or to watch, to keep carefully. It's not so much like awe. It's more like, whoa, this kid, there's something going on with my child. This scene, I, I have to remember this time and she guarded it. She took those experiences, almost held them close. Like, I don't quite know what to do with this, but I'm not just gonna rush past this scene. I have a feeling I'm gonna need to remember this moment, this time. It's an expression of feelings, not just cognitive intake. It, it's, it means to, to, I don't know, keep something alive, to savor the moment, even if the moment makes no sense. Mary doesn't just sit back and try to understand the scene. She takes it all the way inside. She relishes it. She experiences it. She chooses to feel it. The treasuring is not so much a technique. It's an attitude. It's a decision, a conscious decision. Mary treasured that first Christmas. Why? Because despite all of the timing and circumstances, she knew God was at work. God was up to something you know, that's true this Christmas. It is. It's, it's true in your life. With this Christmas, too. Don't just wish it away. You know what we all need this Christmas? We all need a but Mary mindset. A, a but Mary mindset. But Mary, who could have wanted to just move on, but Mary treasured it all. Friends, 
Can I ask you to treasure this most different Christmas? To remember it, the feelings of it. Take in the scene. Allow God to use it to teach you and move you and show you. Now to all of the unusual, or excuse me, all of the usual trappings of Christmas have been stripped away. Maybe, maybe it allows you to see the gift of Christ shine even brighter than ever. Luke wrote, but Mary... She treasured all these things and she pondered them in her heart. She pondered them. She thought about them. She reflected on them. Guys, have you taken time this Christmas to ponder? When's the last time you wondered about Christmas like Mary did, about God, what God was up to in that manger scene that first Christmas? Or maybe, just as poignantly, pondered what God is up to this Christmas, in your Christmas, with all of the circumstances and timing. Man, let's just be honest, we stink at pondering. We need to ponder again as a people anew. I know we want easy answers, quick answers, but the story of the incarnation, the picture of the creator of the universe coming in the form of a helpless child and lying in a manger does not lend itself to easy answers. You know what it lends itself to? Wonder and ponder. Scholars tell us that that Greek word there means to put things into context, to connect the dots of circumstances, to think something out. It's to look at what's going on. This is what Mary was doing. She was piecing it together. To look at what's going on and not just run past it, but to ask, what does this all mean? How does this fit in with other things that I know to be true? The psalmist wrote, the unfolding of your words gives light. Mary pondered this scene her scene, her circumstances. She did so in light of God's word and promises and her circumstances. This Christmas, as you ponder her surroundings and her situation, as you ponder it maybe anew, this Christmas in light of that first Christmas, have you pondered what it means for you? Christmas came this night, that night, not just for Mary, but for you. But Mary, we need a but Mary mindset in the midst of all of this. But Mary, you know what she did? She went a different way. Mary treasured, Mary pondered this most unusual Christmas in the midst of all of our shared holiday disequilibrium. Have you taken the time to treasure and ponder that scene surrounding Mary? The scene surrounding you? Because if you do, you might begin to draw some of the same conclusions I think Mary did. God's timing, well, it's not ours, but it's perfect, it's right, it has meaning and purpose. The circumstances, they, not, they might not be of our choosing, but God is active in them and he's using them for our good and his purposes. You know, maybe we need to hear again what the angels spoke to the shepherds. Do you remember, fear not, for behold, behold, look at, stop, check out the people, the places, the timing, the circumstances, and in doing so, understand, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that'll be for all the people. The angel is literally saying to the shepherds, and I think to us, 
Don't be afraid. Don't be fearing. Be perceiving. For I'm telling you, I'm showing you in this manger scene the gospel, the good news. Guys, this Christmas Eve night, look at this historic story again anew. Understand what is going on here, and you won't be afraid anymore. I mean, how could you be? God has kept his promise. He always does. He always will. He can be trusted. He sent for you a Savior. His name is Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God not far off, but God with us. A God that wasn't content to leave humanity as a failed project or rotting in our consequences. He is with us, and not in abstract, because this scene shows us that this God has now utterly, eternally bound himself to sinful, broken humanity to bring hope to the hopeless. Ponder that one, an all-powerful God willingly subjecting himself to being fully dependent on an unwed teenage mother and to be raised by a father of a now shaky earthly reputation. And why? To reach and save you. I'll tell you what, if you take time to treasure and to ponder and to behold what is seen in the gospel message of that first Christmas, I'm telling you, it'll remove the fear that's dominated and darkened your whole crazy year. To the degree you behold, you step back and gaze at, grasp that scene, that first Christmas night that the shepherds came upon, fears are undermined, disappointments dissipate. Make this Christmas your first but Merry Christmas. This Christmas, a Christmas just like that first Christmas, with your eyes wide open and and full of childlike wonder. Friends, treasure, ponder, and behold, with all of its unexpected timing and circumstances, the beauty of what our God has done, will do, and always does at this and every Christmas time.